0: It is time to get solar-powered. This is the Solar Powered Podcast. I am Ryan Hall from Royal Hearts Coaching, royalheartscoaching.com, life and relationship coaching for kings. Now, I want to take you guys back just a couple episodes to episode 10, where the guest and I, Melissa, we spoke a little bit about just what it means to, well, to be scared in this job market. I mean, with... 26 million new people filing for unemployment, including me, by the way, it's a very scary time. It's a very worrisome time, and it's a very anxiety-provoking time. But we spoke also about some of the innovators that are going to come out of this, some of the innovators in business, some of these innovators in technology, some of the innovations that are going to come out of this, with, of course, innovation being the mother of invention. And my guest on this episode is is one of those innovators. It's a man who is a very good friend of mine. His name is Ian Charlery. and Ian is a Ian is a is a father, husband, as I said, a dear friend, but he's also an innovator. And uh, it was a very enlightening conversation that I had with him earlier today. And I pray that you guys get the same value out of listening to this conversation that I did out of having the conversation. And one thing I want you guys to remember as you listen to this is that there is always room to bring your heart into business, into, into innovation. There's always room to bring your heart, and I believe you'll hear Ian's big heart in this conversation. So let's go down to the Cayman Islands and speak to my dear friend Ian Charlery. Let's go down to the Cayman Islands where we're going to be speaking to my Caribbean brother from a different mother, my dear friend Ian Chollery. Welcome to Solar Powered Podcast my friend.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's, it's, it's pretty nice to be on here. It's long overdue I would say.
0: I would definitely agree with that. I would definitely agree with that, and we'll 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 get into our relationship just in a um, in a little bit here. But first, as I always ask people who come on my show, who is Ian Charlery? Oh, what a question! Wow, um, who I is like to, Ian I like Charlery? Big. I like to start big. What can I say?
1: I mean, I guess depends on who you ask. Um, Ian Charlie could be a whole lot of different things, you know, and um, and maybe I can't promise that I could be the same person. Um, tomorrow, because I'm constantly evolving. So, uh, Ian Shalory is a first, you know, uh, friend, a husband, you know, a father, um, just a regular guy, somebody with a, um, I guess you would say not a straight line, you know, not a straight line of growing up. It wasn't just, you know, one straight shot which to me made it a lot more fun so i'm just uh you know um some people call me boss i don't like that uh i I really don't um i i try to just be on a on a one level with everybody um but when you are the leader of a company uh this is kind of just how it goes you know like people you you're not really in charge of something As much as you might think that you're in charge of some things that you're not in charge of, especially if you, um, you know, if you want things to grow in this um, assisted, organic way. I'll I'll just say it like that. I feel you. I feel you.
0: Yeah. Now, that makes a lot of sense. The buck stops with you,
1: huh? The buck stops with me. Yes. Um, And that's a good thing, obviously, and a bad thing.
0: Yeah, it's a, there's definitely a blessing and a curse um, in that, because um, we'll certainly get into, you know, sort of your faith here and your, you know, kind of your leadership, especially down in the islands. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely a blessing and a curse, I would say, because as long as I've known you and we haven't known each other long. I mean, we've been friends, what, about four years or so, about Four or five years, something like that? Four four or five years and, you know, um, four or five, holy sh! Whoa, dude, four or five years already. Yeah, yeah. It adds up.
1: (sighs) This is crazy, wow.
0: Time 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 is just. Dude, time flies when you live halfway across the world, huh?
1: No, man, time flies when you're just like, you know, when you're in it. You know, we have both been in it in different perspectives, you know, different circumstances, but, you know, we actually live unlike other people. Some people don't live. Some people just exist. Um, you know, so, you you know, earlier you said that you are um, you're one of the 20 something million people that filed for unemployment, you know, and I know you you've been dealing with this battle for for a while now, you know, like these people could just know. Um, how much courage you exhibit on a day-to-day basis, you know, like the things that you have to climb from, you know, it's not because you putting yourself there. It's not like you're sabotaging yourself. You're just kind of like saying, you know what, just, just, you know, I don't know if you're supposed to curse on this thing, but, you know, I'm going to keep it PG all the same. Uh, try at least, you know. But, you you know, you, your experience is like, you know, how they say, you know, fall t- fall down seven times, get up eight. You know, like, you're the embodiment of that. You know, like, I remember basketball, Dwayne Wade ran a campaign about that. You know, you could join his campaign. You know, like, fall down seven times, get up eight. You just keep going, man. And to me, you know, like, you know, that's an inspiration. So, yeah, who wouldn't want to be friends with that kind of person? You know? (laughs)
0: This is what I try to tell people, man. This is what I try to tell
1: people. Hey, well, they hear me tell them now, so maybe they... You know, I'm not really anybody myself still, but you know, but that's kind of how we do it. We kind of just, we're not here about to sing, you know, we don't, we don't, we could practice probably singing about ourselves a little bit more still. Yeah,
0: yeah, we no, we can, that. Uh, Yeah, as the great poet says, we can practice sounding our barbaric yelps over the rooftops of the world.
1: I, I agree with whoever that was. Yeah. We can definitely benefit.
0: Exactly. Well, first of all, what's your story? You know, How how did you get to have such an entrepreneurial spirit?
1: Um, oof. How did I get to, this is not something that I've thought about much. How did I get to have such an entrepreneurial spirit? Oh, well, okay. Um, one thing comes to mind and it's not the thing, the entire thing, but it's part. And I think that's just how life works. I don't think it's a one thing ever really. You know, at least not for me. Um, But that one thing that comes to mind is, you know, I remember being a kid, 12, 13, from time I hit about those ages, you know, my, um, which would have been my stepdad, right? So my stepdad, now, he'd been in our lives for maybe three years, four years, something like that. So maybe by the time I was 12, maybe it would have been like three years or so, maybe I'm not sure. Right. It's a little vague right now, but he would say to me, he said, Ian, what are you doing with your life? You know, there are kids. You know, there are people like your age that are running corporations. You know, what are you doing with your life? And he said that to me every single year. You know, I could remember hearing that. I heard it so much. I know I heard it so much that I feel like I heard it all the time. You know, um, and I and and I and I that stayed in the back of my head. And as my parents were immigrants in the Cayman Islands, because uh, I was born in Saint Lucia. Um, that's where i grew up and um you know having as a young boy experienced living with my mother my mother being a single black woman you know she has to find work her education is not great and she's doing everything that she can she is showing up she is the definition of showing up you know what i mean like she's the definition of showing up um so i give her 100 percent like you know like props and showing me like oh no 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 it's real out there so my parents were always working and so um to wrap it up essentially i saw my parents working all the time um i wanted to have a an important job sometime i was a kid you know i think before 10 i wanted to be a lawyer um because i just watched a lot of matlock murder she wrote right some of the kids may not even remember those you don't even you're in a different world but matlock Murder, She Wrote Those are old school, like law, um, centered like, you know, courtroom there, like detective investigation. I was never really interested in being a police officer. I was interested in getting close to the law. I love law. Right. And, um, I have 11 years of law enforcement to the people who don't know, you know, I used to be a police officer for eight years. Um. And I, um, and I have some other years of law enforcement and, like, a more business-oriented law enforcement. But, um, but yeah, I, entrepreneurship was the thing. It just represented freedom to me. Freedom. Like, honestly, from the outside looking in, I didn't care about doing the hard work because that was my life's mission. I feel like I was called here to run my own business and own several businesses. And, you know, I feel like that is my calling. I'm doing exactly what, so I can own a cleaning business and execute. You know, without. Um, sorry, I'm kind of lost on words here, but I can own a cleaning business, and and I can own a wellness business. You know, and I can own a security business, and I can own a whole. Own a whole I can own anything because I believe I can do it. You know, so the entrepreneurship that all in, all of that drive started from my parents, from my mother, seeing my mother as a single woman doing things. We lived in a little one, you know, little one room. You know, it was just me and her one room. Um and you know, we bounced we bounced around to different families and their places or whatever. But she was consistently doing, you know.
0: Totally, so. totally. Yeah. And as I've got I've gotten to know your mother just a little bit. That's a really powerful woman right there. Marina, oh, that's a really powerful woman right there.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She is like she just represents to me um a lot of my fascination with stoicism. Um my mother represents it because stoicism to me represents a lot of resilience. Right? And my mother represents my mother is the epitome of resilience. Despite having to travel 13 miles every day on foot to school, climb up the mountain, get back home, start working in the farm with my grand, with my um, with her great, her grandfather my great grandfather, and just keep repeating that. And sometimes she won't be able to get to school. When she gets to school, she doesn't have enough money to get books, so she doesn't have books, and the kids don't want to share with her. My, look at my mom now you know what i mean like my mom my mom's come from so far and you know and um as a proud son i can say that i don't remember the last time she worked you know she, i think she's not been working for 10 it probably be 10 plus years It's probably more than that my mother hasn't been working you know what i mean I, i'm very proud of that um i don't have that connection with a lot of family.
0: So, yeah, you know. yeah, no, it's yeah. really, it, it's a really powerful testimony to just what it means to, as you have told me many, many times, what it means to just stay on the court, to keep playing, to keep, you know, yes. to keep moving forward, to just stay on the court.
1: Yes. So important. So, uh, so underrated. Just stay, just, man. What sense is it for you to go into the crowds and entertain the people there with the things that they may be saying about your, <laughs> you know, the critique that they may have about your performance or lack thereof? Don't Can't you come up with enough judgments about yourself on your own?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, you know, it's like the guy, and I know you're a big basketball fan, and we're definitely going to talk a little Kobe Bryant here. But but I know that um, just the the people... feel like I'm back in Alabama here. Hearing that rooster in the Mm. background. but, (laughs) But just the people who would sit in the stands and who would heckle the players, who would just yell at the players, you can't do that, you can't do that. Meanwhile, You've never laced up. You've never gotten out on the floor, and you damn sure never stepped on the floor in front of guys like Dwayne Wade and Kobe Bryant and all the big stars in the NBA.
1: Can you do exactly. that? No. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 there, there's obviously different levels of that, right? So, truthfully, um, consider that um, the time. That you and this is the way I how I know that there are different levels of it. I had to get here, right? Um, I was never really one to care about what people said. I don't because at the end of the day, you know, it's like Jay-Z said it, you know, like everyone, everyone I know has said it. Um, what you eat don't make me shit. So Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why am I so concerned about you? You know, you get what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I need to take care of my star player myself you know so um it it has been an interesting experience you know like sometimes just kind of seeing a lot of what's going on you know to a testament to what you just said so
0: yeah yeah and yeah i mean again it's just a really it's a really powerful and knowing your history it's a really powerful testimony to just, as I said, just staying on the court and never, you know, and just insisting on getting back on the horse when you get kicked off.
1: Cat Williams said it, you you get on that horse, you better ride it, you know, it's like, and that's the honest truth. Listen, man, um, we said it, don't, why, what's the sense in quarter chicken? You know, you know, some people half-ass, but what's the sense in quarter cheek? And if you're going to do it, you got to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Shout out to our mutual friend, Emily, on that one. Eh? <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, shout out, Emily. Yeah.
1: You know, but it's like you could be a lot of people quarter cheek. And, you know, some folks don't have a problem with um with procrastination and, and the likes. You know, I do. I do. I still do. Um, And I execute on a very high level. I would say so. You know, but I also do know that I like to, I like to make every day better. You know, so, and I like to do whatever it is that I'm doing. I like to really do it. You know what I mean? Like, I I, and I like to step my foot into, so if I'm breaking, I'm breaking. <laughs> you know, and like, yeah. if I'm taking a rest, I, I want to take a rest. I don't want to semi take a rest. You know, I want to define what, what that means to me and I'm going to execute it. You know, sometimes it's sitting under a tree.
0: Yeah, sitting under a tree in silence. You don't have your phone out and constantly checking it all the time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, one of the things that I have always, you know, one of the things that I've always admired about you is just your ability to 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 really buy into, really buy into these philosophies and be able to make them work for your life. I know you mentioned you've recently gotten me into this, um, uh, just into stoicism. You know, like okay. a lot of the like a lot of the old ancient uh, ancient philosophers, Marcus Aurelius, people like that. Um, there really a lot of you're really a lot of uh, a lot of brilliance and stuff like that. But there's also a lot of brilliance in just being able to walk into a room and know that you're going to own that room, that you're going to be able to, uh, as as the great David Goggins says, be able to take somebody's soul. And I know that, yeah. uh, like, I know that another one of the philosophies that you uh, that that you really take a lot of stock in and you really believe in was that Mamba mentality that Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, really implemented in his life. Kind of talk a little bit about just, aside from being a basketball fan, not just being a basketball fan, what did he mean to you? What did his, like, that philosophy mean to you and the man and the entrepreneur that you've become?
1: Well, you know, um, for anybody who knows me, well, they'll tell you they already know that, you know, Kobe Bryant is like a big played a big role. You know, they know that whenever they think about Kobe Bryant, they think about me. Right? Um, um
0: Yeah, I know I know yeah, that when when he passed, you were the first person I thought of.
1: Yeah. My phone, you know, you would have thought it was somebody I was close to me. My phone was just like people calling and calling and messaging and calling and messaging and messaging and, messaging and yeah, it was, you know, it was, um, yeah, that, that definitely is still rough, you know, um, but um, what Kobe Bryant meant to me, I could just tell you some of the things, because I, I won't be able to cover all of that. I don't know if we have that much time, you know, we'll never stop. Um, but some of the things that come to mind um, is that I could just remember. I remember as a little boy growing up, uh, being in love in, with basketball um is Kobe Bryant starts my infatuation with basketball. I remember when the first time I picked up a basketball, right? I was living in St. Lucia. We used to play on this terrible, terrible rim, right? But that's where we picked it up. And I remember trying to watch basketball before and I did, you know, I did obviously watch Michael Jordan who hasn't, who didn't. Um and you know, then this kid comes in. Cause see, I'm growing too. So this is 96, right? I am, what, 12 years or something like that? I don't even know, right? I can't remember. But all I know is this kid comes in and he's different from everyone else. There have been other ones that are kind of like him, but nobody like him, you know? And I see his work ethic and I want him to win so bad. I want him to, I want him to be as good as he is in my mind right and he's he's i see him i follow him along this journey and he's um he's estranged from his parents right so i always felt like i've been estranged from my parents right um he's uh an international man I'll say that about anybody that's lived in two to three different places, right? That definition is made up to fit me, to cover me, right? Um, So I see myself as an international man, having lived in St. Lucia, Jamaica, Cayman Islands, where I live now, and um, the States, obviously. Um, And, you know, it's like seeing, as a kid growing up, seeing these, remember, these things are not just going to show up, you know? You have to follow the person to really start to understand. And this information is not ready and available back in the 90s. I need people to understand that. It's not like how it is now. How would you know? Right. <laughs> you actually had to work. You had to work to know. You know? So I worked. And I, and some things we aligned on, some things we didn't align on. Like Kobe liked different things. than me, he liked steak and potatoes. I never really liked steak and potatoes. Now I love steak and potatoes. It ain't got nothing to do with him, but when he liked it, he—that's what he ate before a game. He had his little ritual that he went through and whatnot. But, you know, but the things that um that really made him, you know, some of the things that I can remember that I can call off the top of my head that really made him like, you know, be that person to me is that he was willing to be estranged from his parents, right? So he wasn't breaking down as a result mm-hmm. of that. He was he was following the stories the story philosophy that says Amor Fati. It is what it is, man. You make the best of it. Right? He was a stone cold killer. On the court, he did not care. As a matter of fact, the thing that I liked about him the most was his that cockiness that he brought and that confidence. Because that when I saw him and I saw that cockiness and I saw him look at other basketball players and you know i could just i'm just gonna tell you the story right so there's this game there's this game right i can remember this and this is like making me light up now so he says um he you know they're in this game and it's like the fourth quarter and this is against the brooklyn nets i believe and it's gerald wallace and it's steven jackson and it's kobe bryant they're on opposing teams right gerald and steven are on one team kobe's on Obviously the only team, right? And, <laughs> right. Uh, a right, time. right yeah, quick so.
0: timeout. Quick timeout. Gerald Wallace, product from the University of Alabama. Continue. Okay. Okay. Right.
1: Okay. So so here, you know, so here, you know so so here these guys are, you know, and then um the game's on the line and you know, they're like, Oh, Kobe's old now, you know, they're you know everybody's talking smack. So the game's on the line. Kobe Bryant is at the free throw line. And, you know, these guys are like, um, I bet you don't make it. And Kobe has that look on his face. See, I'm a Kobe fan, so I know the look. So he has this look on his face. And he gives him this look like, are you stupid?
0: <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> I'm not going to make this? So then he starts talking shit. And, and like I said, is it okay to curse here? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah let's, 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 <laughs> right? let's not go overboard. I'm not Joe Rogan yeah, yet. Of course.
1: Yeah. All right, right? So... So he starts talking, he starts talking a lot of trash to the guys and the guy's is like, well, let's bet, let's put money on it, that you don't make it. And he's like, what? $500,000 that I make this next shot, right? And the guy's like, say bet, and, the, and he's looking at the guy and he takes the shot, <laughs> right? And then he's like, put some money on it, put some mother F- effing money on it, 500,000 I make this shot, boy, y'all crazy out here, okay? and he makes the shot and he jogs on. and he's like and these guys tell that story over and they're like this guy is he's just he's not the same listen you guys can be friends but when you get on the court you're not friends anymore he wants to take your head off he's coming to kill you he wants he wants to sacrifice every if his parents are in the way he will step over them he wants to win there's nothing else is more important than winning so i always say that and that's where the I I was there before the mamba mentality this grew and it became you don't leave anything on the table that's what the mamba mentality is about not leaving anything on the table not not going like you know I worked out but I am walking home and I'm like I feel like I could have done some more you know what I mean and you're like right, eh. yeah eh. no that's going to bother me I might as well just get it out now, you know. So it's not always smooth, you know, because especially Kobe Bryant was a professional basketball player. That's what he had to do, you know. And um, he made sacrifices that he couldn't be with his family as a result. And when he retired, the whole idea was that he would spend more time with his family. And that's what he was doing. That's what he was doing when the helicopter crashed. You know, he didn't take a basketball again, but he started loving basketball again because of his daughter. She loved it. Gianna loved it so much. So he started coaching. And obviously she wanted to be just like her daddy. And she was just fear, a very fierce competitor. But you can even see, I, I listened to stories about her and um—and even where he was talking about it. And he was saying that, you know, like she as a 13 year old, would, he would bring her to go up against like WNBA players. And he would say to them, don't go easy on her do not go easy on her and he started um and you know she's going through and she's expecting that she could actually have some sort of advantage against this pro you know so she's getting frustrated and stuff whatever and you know she has to work through that and still now now she started to um find little things that she can win at see because that's what it is about staying on the court you know it's not always a slam dunk, Ryan. It's not always like a, a three-point shot. It's not always like a fantastic, amazing basket. Right. You know what I mean? Layups count too. You yeah, know, that the, extra effort counts. You know?
0: Yeah. No, it's like the it, it's like the base, it, it's like the baseball player. One of my favorite baseball players of all time was Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn, I think maybe, maybe in his long career, hit 150 homers. But he's in the Hall of Fame right now because he knew how to hit singles. He hit doubles. He drove in a ton of runs and made, you know, and made a hell of a career for himself. Yep. Yeah, it's all about, it's all about doing the little things. It's all about doing the basics better than anybody else.
1: And that takes me to, that takes me directly to, um, to, um, jujitsu, you know, it's, it's one of the things that jujitsu, it's got jujitsu. Like anything else is built on the fact that if you master the basics, you know, like you're ahead of 99% of people just master the basics.
0: And so that's all we need to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. it's not you know being I, I would say being an innovator is not about having those those big grandiose ideas like we were talking about before uh, before we recorded here, talking yeah. about you know talking about people like Elon Musk having these, you know, yeah, it's a it's a crazy idea to you know to be able to send people out of space or to be able to drive with all electric cars his first, you know, his first claim to fame was creating a better way to pay people money over the internet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, which ironically, that was one of my favorite ways of interacting, you know, on the internet, considering that I lived, you know, in the islands and the regulations is different from in the States and you needed to, Having a bank account for the States would be, would have been a lot harder. Um, so the country that you're in, you can get one in. So like with PayPal, now I use a lot of PayPal. And PayPal was how I could do a lot more transactions. I could not ever cash the money I get from PayPal to the Cayman Islands. You can't actually get that money. But you can use the money online to buy things. Yeah. So thank you, Elon. You, exactly. know, you, you really helped me. Yeah, no, he did. He did.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the crazy thing, uh, the crazy thing about, I mean, the, the irony, I should say, is that people send money to the Cayman Islands to launder it, and you have yeah. so many regulations keeping you from doing that. Uh, I find that yeah. ironic.
1: Yeah, the the, I, the Cayman Islands is one of the absolute strictest freaking places to do banking. I, I kid you not. You could not come up with a cruise ship and open a bank account. But I can go to the States and open a bank account anytime.
0: That's insane. That's absolutely yeah. crazy to me. Yeah, you, you you, you, would, if you
1: even insisted on even opening this bank account, or whatever, because they would literally kick you out. They would tell you, no, you can't really open a bank account like that. You know how many references, and this person has to sign it, and this has to be original, and nah, they don't they don't play games
0: there, man. I I get it. I I totally get it. Yeah. Only rich
1: people are benefiting from this money laundering thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: You're not there yet, huh?
1: I don't think I'm. I don't. Um, people, citizens can't even participate in mutual funds locally. So seriously, yeah, That's seriously. A, wow. Seriously, but and then to give you another, um, just another gem before we move on from this, um, actually, America has more tax havens. Than the Cayman Islands, but that's not what they've been spinning. So we just don't we don't talk about Delaware. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we don't talk about Delaware. We yeah. talk about everything else. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I, see you. I see you, and yeah. I'd rather not get any deeper than that. And if I don't have to. that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. certain things you just got to leave alone
0: yeah some things uh it's like uh it's like from the it it's like uh what was the what was the book that jerry Maguire wrote in that movie the things the things we think but do not say or something like that
1: something like that exactly yeah yeah. exactly
0: yeah let's switch gears i would love to talk about um I'd love to talk about this business that you have down in the Cayman Islands. It's a, it's a cleaning business that's gaining a lot of traction, especially in light of just what's been going on in the world lately. Talk a
1: little about Yeah, this. most definitely. Okay. Well, um, you know, we've owned this business for this year, November, be six years. And, um, you know, it was a business that we had to literally bootstrap, um, we didn't have any outside money, so we just kind of, as the business operated, um, in the negative that it was, we just kind of, you know, build, you know, one little thing here and one little thing here. We just, you're doing it and you don't even realize, you know, sometimes what you're doing. So, um, we own a cleaning company. It is a company that offers commercial and residential janitorial services, um, we are a company that is focused on sustainability, right? And um, we don't have any industry leaders here for us to follow. So we're we are essentially creating our our um, own blue ocean. For the people that are familiar with the blue ocean strategy, um, you know, for the people that are not familiar with the blue ocean strategy, I'm about to it's about Say, say it a little that. more
0: about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's essentially um, the the when it comes to a business and, and your understanding of markets, um, your red ocean is where a lot of competition occurs. And so your business might not be different from um, the other people you would consider to be competitors. Uh, so you would be competing in a red ocean. You compete in a blue ocean. You do not compete because there's no blood in your water. It's just you. You're unique. You're doing what you do right and so that's us we're we're in a blue ocean um we're not competing with anyone we're doing our thing our thing is different um we would like to be ideally we would like to be the kind of company that says we only do um this environmentally friendly kind of work and that's what we're working towards so there's still technology that needs to come for us to be fully you know viable in that sense but we're going to do the best that we can with what we have and with some of the technology that is to come, so um, as we were talking about innovation earlier, you know, um, my company is a company that we love innovation. You know, um, the fact that an organization can learn and adjust, um, that makes it so much more desirable, um, to me the way that we can be innovators in this space is we, most companies, cleaning companies, the cleaning, in, the cleaning industry is focused on chemicals. They're always trying to sell you something. Um, you know, it's just this consumerism. And so we don't feel like that is the way to go for the environment. We feel like that just creates more and more and more waste. And obviously it means that there's a market that we may not be competing in. But as I said earlier, um, we don't want to compete, you know, we don't want to compete. We want to be in a blue ocean. Um, and we think that innovation, whether it be technology or innovative ways in human resources um, and being, um, we think that leading a, running a company with love being the focus is the actual way to real sustainability. So in the future our hope is that we will know we will no longer use anything that considered chemical right um, right now we we're reducing those like drastically you know 40 50 we right now we are able to reduce all of our chemical use to 90% wow 90% yes 90% right now
0: that is, that, Most, that, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's impressive. That that's impressive. Yeah. And knowing and knowing just the long ingredient list on some of these uh, on some of these chemicals and some of these you know cleaning products, that's a hell of a statement.
1: It is, and and to show you, to give you more, it, it's essentially the only time we have to use the times where we have to use chemicals is when we have to re wax a floor, so we refinish a floor right? So you're going to have to take all of that chemical off of the floor. And generally you have to use a chemical to take chemical off
0: pretty much. yeah.
1: (laughs) You know what I mean? And then you're putting down a polish, which is also a chemical, you know, that gives it that glossy shine, but we're doing, this is not a, this is not a, what something that we can control. These are clients, you know? And so we're not going to, when we, we, um, because of the need to do that kind of service, then, you know, we will have essentially that 10% remaining. So, yeah.
0: you know, yeah, but and, we're close, man. Yeah, you, you got to do what you got to do. And yeah. another, yeah, and, you know, another example of this, I know a few weeks ago, the Cayman government, came to you guys with a pretty big request. And, um... I think I think this request with the school buses really epitomizes yeah. just exactly what you're talking about. If you want to hear a little about that,
1: yes. So so yeah. So we're we're talking about innovation, right? So you know, some couple of years ago, we went to this um, we went to this um, trade show. You know, we saw some we saw some things, and we did some research, and eventually we invested in some technology that you know would put us in a position to deal with, you know, things that people don't think about, right? We felt the need to be able to deal with virus outbreaks, right? To have technology that could deal with that. Um, And along that mission, you know, here comes the government saying, hey, you know, we have students, almost 500 students returning from all over the world. They're coming back home. And we're going to transport them. It's a massive exercise. We want you guys to handle the um, decontamination of the buses. And, you know, obviously we jumped to that, uh, that um, opportunity. And for a young company like uh, like us, obviously, you know, we got we got some, like you said, we got some traction. You know, people started to, they were like, oh, what is this? You know, just to be, just full disclosure, I've only advertised this company during um, coronavirus. Before that no, no money being spent really in advertising. No. Right. And it was really, um, it's a gift and a curse that approach, you know, but it's about growing organically, um, with assist with with some assistance. I think I said this earlier, you know, assisted organic growth. (laughs) Right. Um, it's what Jim Collins talks about when he, when he speaks about the flywheel, and, you know, turning to get this flywheel turning and then everything starts to turn, then you don't have to do that hard work anymore. So we did that. We've been doing this hard work. Right. So for us as a company, you know, the government called us and they said, hey, we want you to take care of the decontamination. And it started off with just buses um, and then it went off to all transportation vehicles. So what the government has done is the Cayman Islands government is the leading country. For all british overseas territories right so the british have these territories islands that they still have ownership of which cayman islands being one of them right i think i think bermuda and i think there's some others right so um those islands now we are the leading island so there's an air bridge from the cayman islands to the united kingdom right and just airbridge is just like um, the terminology but it's to say that there are going to be planes. Our airport is locked down completely, but they're going to be, there are planes coming in from the UK to the Cayman islands and the passengers on those planes will track, will be traveling on special transport and those special transport needs to be decontaminated. So it was the same, like how in when Americans returned from Wuhan and were coming to America the vehicles that they traveled on um, those people though um, there was a team that was GBAC back certified uh, um, G back is global bio risk advisory council. Um, this team is certified to decontaminate transportation, the planes and the vehicles that these, that pros- possibly, possibly infected or even asymptomatic people, you know, travel them. So, we've been doing that role for the government so much so that we're starting to do it for the ambulance services. Now. Um, we do it for all sorts of vehicles. Now, um, they want, you know, on Tuesday we have, um, I think we have, we have um, more planes coming in. So once planes are coming in it keeps my guys busy, cause this is a really hard time for anybody, you know, obviously cleaning companies are very important during the coronavirus. Right. Um, but, something to think about is if everything is on lockdown, a lot of people are not working. You know, if people are not working, you don't need to clean, (laughs) right? Right. Um, Really, you should still have a cleaner coming in every week because the place is not going to look good when you get back in there. Right. But that's, that's another discussion. Um, But, you know, because of this lockdown now, my staff have not been working. So it's been, it's been really tough. You know, so last month it was the same thing. So we paid them. We, we gave, got, gave them some money for groceries and, you know, for rent. Because the landlords said, hey, if you can't pay, you need to leave. And they can't leave right now. Where are they going? You know, you can't have people intermingling and socializing right now. So it's not the time for them to be out. You know, this is not a good time. But we're, um, we've just been taking care of the necessities for them. And, uh, we hope to do the same thing this month and, um, we pray that, you know, it, next month we can open back up, which we are already starting to open up some things. I must tell you, um, the post office, one of our clients, we, we do all of the post offices, the licensing departments, which is your DMVs, um, they are starting to open back up now. All right? So they're going to start doing that maybe like Wednesday or so. So, you know. We're getting there to the point for this island. This island has led the way, Ryan. I wish that more people would do it this way, but.
0: Yeah, well, well maybe I can get this podcast to the governor of Georgia.
1: That that would be good. That's a good person to get that to yeah. that one is a nut. <laughs> That's a nut. Yeah, yeah. That person Again. shouldn't be in charge of other people.
0: Your lips to God's ears on that one, my friend. Um, yeah. Well, I think we've just about uh, I think we just about covered it all here. Um, I really, really thank you so much for your time here today, and for for somebody who might be listening to this, who might be, you know, who might be kind of scared about what's going on in the world right now, who might be kind of You know, who might be worried, who might be scared, who might be anxious about what's going on in the world right now, about, you know, about just everything. What would you tell them? What would, you know, what kind of advice, what kind of words of wisdom would you like to leave with my audience here today?
1: Wow. If if right now you're listening to this and you're going through this coronavirus, you know, global pandemic... And it's affected you. It's affected you in the absolute worst way. Um, what I would like for you in this moment to think about is one, how you can make a difference positively. You know, and sometimes um, you know, it's not. It doesn't mean that you have to go out and block the road, or or you know, you don't have to you know do something crazy sometimes it's probably just who you want to be you want to send some messages to a bunch of people and keep them going you know sometimes that's what we have to be in in some situations you know sometimes it's not about us you know and 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 on the times that it is about us we need to remember that hey listen we are the most important people in the world like you are i am to myself You know, so self-love, you know, have some patience, you know, realize that you've never done this before. No one has ever done this before. You know I mean? You're not special. (laughs) You know, what makes you think that you're special? Like, you know, you're the only one who's experiencing the pandemic in this way. Come on, man, get a grip. You know, like, this is the real life. And the truth about it is how you respond to this pandemic, you can look back and you can say, man, I had a hard time. But guess what? I survived. You know, I survived. I did it. And I'm and I came out even stronger. You know, I came out stronger. And you came out stronger only because you believed that self-love was the most important thing. I don't think you should focus on anything else but self-love. You know, truly love yourself. You know, don't just say it.
0: <laughs> Truly mean it. Yeah.
1: Truly mean it, you know.
0: Yes. And as we say back in Alabama, that'll preach, my brother.
1: Yes. Yes, sir.
0: All right. Ian, it's it's been a real privilege. Thank you so much for taking the time here today. And as soon as I can get down and visit you and your beautiful wife and your daughter down at that beautiful home of yours, I think we ought to do this again.
1: Hey, let me know. Let me know. We are always ready.
0: You know, yeah, a little bit of a backyard. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. this is this is not on video, but this is on audio. Yeah. Just to just to describe the audience right to the audience right now, you really live in paradise, my friend. Yeah, man. Thank you, man. I'm blessed. Man. I'm grateful. All He's right. Very grateful. And many thanks to Ian Charlery for joining us here in the solar powered podcast, taking the time out of his busy schedule to to spend time with us here today um i am when I said at the end of the conversation that I'm really looking forward to visiting him and his uh and his beautiful family I really do mean it i I like to joke that I want to visit him and his beautiful family before his daughter who is not quite four i believe but before his daughter goes to college so throwing that out there. Uh, But I think the biggest thing I took away from that conversation, really two things. First of all, is that there is always room for, there's really always room for passion in this world. Ian told me before our conversation that he started a cleaning company, but he doesn't even like cleaning his own room. But he started a cleaning company, but his passion is not so much the work, but his passion is the sustainability. His his passion really is the people, and that was the most inspiring part about that was just the passion is in the people. But I think the other thing that I really wanted to take that I really took away from this conversation was the idea that there is always room. There's really always room for love. There's really always room for love and and possibility and leading from love and possibility. You know what he's doing from his people uh, for his people while they're um, while they're really not able to work. Uh, I think really a testament to just what kind of soul and what kind of heart that man has. Um, and I really mean it. That is the my Caribbean brother from a different mother. So um thank you so much for listening to this episode of the solar powered podcast it's a presentation of royal hearts coaching for more about royal hearts coaching you can find me on my soon to be redesigned website at royalheartscoaching.com or you can also follow me on social media you can visit facebook twitter and instagram um at Ryan Hall writes on all those places and you can also follow me on the Good Men Project. I write about men's issues and personal development on that fine publication and I have I think probably close to 200 articles by this point. So I'm around. But that is it for the solar powered podcast until we meet again. This is Ryan Hall saying thank you so much for listening. So long for now. I love you all. And go get solar powered right after you wash your hands